L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is the premier independent community development platform working with local creators to produce podcasts and content by the community for the community. To learn more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Join us for Choose Your Own Adventure Team Quest, a game where teams of adventurers navigate through a classic choose-your-path-to-adventure story with the goal of winning prizes from locally owned businesses in the Cedar Rapids, Iowa City corridor. Each episode is fun, new, and exciting. Listen to the story and then see if you would make the same decisions as our teams. Will our teams travel to the tops of the Himalayas as they search for the exclusive Yeti? Will they dive to the bottom of the ocean to search for the lost city of Atlantis? Or will they travel through space and time as they explore distant planets and discover new forms of life? Which team will be your favorite? Will they enter the glorious hallways of the Adventurers Hall of Fame by winning the season championship? Choose Your Own Adventure Team Quest is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. New episodes release every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For bonus episodes of this show, ad-free versions of all LAS podcasts, and many other exclusive benefits, consider subscribing to LAS Plus for just $10 a month. To learn more and to get started, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com slash plus. So come and join us for an adventure. And always remember, the choice is yours. L-A-S Welcome to the... So hey everybody, we're we're here. It's the Groove Life podcast. We're kind of off the grid here, not in the studio. We're at our homes, our, our own special homes. episode. Yeah, um, just trying to stay safe from the old COVID monster that's out there that we've all tested for this week. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's just crazy out there right now. Um, people are getting COVID like left and right. So we thought we'll try the Zoom thing for one or two episodes, and then hopefully. We'll be back in the studio in a uh, the next couple episodes. So, back with our producer Alex Schulte and uh, a guest. We have some really cool guests coming up. Actually, we have uh, a girl named Becca Dove, and then we have a guy named Dicky. Have you guys ever heard of Dicky? Oh yeah, uh, musician. And Becca is a musician also, and she's also an incredible cook. So we're going to talk about food and all kinds of stuff. So that's it's all coming up. Yeah. I'm it's excited. Good. I think this is kind of cool. It's like a little bonus episode because I mean, can we, have we decided is the end of 2021? Is that sort of the end of season one of the Groove Life podcast? Or supposedly, are we still it's, in season one? supposedly it's 15 episodes. Okay. So we're still kind of in season one, but this is maybe the mid season break or the two thirds season. This break. is like 13, dude. 
12 or 13. Is it really? Yeah. No it wow. might be 12, 12 or 13. I'd have to look, but getting ready for retirement. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We're almost ready to hit the next season. It's been a fun ride for sure. It really has. It's been a blast. Um, this is the first recording that I've been a part of since the new year. I think this is the first episode since the new year. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So happy was, 20, happy 22, everybody. Happy 22. Here's Fuck to yeah. cautious, being cautiously optimistic <sighs> that it's cautious optimism. better than the cautious optimism year. has not gotten us very far in the past, but I'm, I'm willing to give it another try. Hey, we're still here. We are still here and very thankful for that. I feel like going into, well, so here's my timeline, at least going into 2020, I was like, this is going to be the best year ever. And then, well, obviously we Whoops. know what happened in 2020. And then at the end of that, I was like, oh, thank God that's over. 2021, here we go. We're back. And yeah. then it was like, oh my God. And then we got to the end of that one. And it's like, okay, nobody say anything too optimistic. <laughs> we're just going to wait this out. We're going to see what happens. And we're going to poke, poke our heads out of the cave and hopefully we're okay at the end. So of far, this. it's been great this year. Yeah. I feel like. You know, if we just keep this going, um, I was being a little sarcastic because we've only had like two weeks. Well, but, right. At the time of recording this, it's only the 14th. So, right. We're... It's been fun though. We we had the the Lunsford clan in the studio last episode and uh, man, the response has been through the roof. It's been great. I've actually got a lot of DMs and stuff of people that have started listening now and they're going back. I can see the numbers rising on the other episodes. People are going back and catching up and checking it out and nice. really dig, they're really digging it i think uh the family's growing folks so yeah definitely very cool keep listening and uh of course one thing i don't know if i've communicated enough is getting people to actually whatever platform they're listening on just to give us a, a review if you can like i know on apple Podcasts, it's really easy to leave a review and a five star or whatever star we actually ask you to not do anything less than a five star, <laughs> but you can do a review and you can do a, a rating. I don't know how you do it on Spotify, but anything you can do, um, even dropping us reviews uh, on our Facebook page uh, helps. We can even read them online or do stuff. Mail like us that, a letter so. even. We'll set up a PO box maybe. <laughs> I mean, even, uh, you know, like a, what, what's it? The horse mail kind of post carrier pigeon or like a, you know, what, what am I thinking of? Uh, facts. You could fax us. Something. I think it was a Raven. Just have them bring us an olive branch. I think a Raven. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So 2022 Shane, what's, what's been going on so far? How was, uh, I mean, it sounds like you're getting through it. All right. Anything exciting happened as of yet? Uh, I would say that, uh, these last two weeks have been inspiring for me. I, uh, my fall was fun. I had a lot of fun, had some good shows, had some good podcasts. Um, but it was also just kind of quiet and, um, I was ready for kind of a reset. I was also eating just tons of shit and not really shit, but not stuff. That's not good for me drinking lots and putting on the pounds. And so when the new year started, it just kind of gave me a reset. And so I kind of jumped back on trying to eat good and trying to wake up every day and just embrace, you know, the groove of my day and choose to really own it and to interact with people more, you know, try yeah. and be more positive, be more encouraging. 
and these two weeks have been great. So if we're, I think we're off to a good start. Um, nice. My wife has gone away to do some help with some stuff with medical stuff out and about. My daughter is in the Dominican Republic visiting her boyfriend. And so I'm just batching it here at the pad for the next couple of weeks, but uh, hanging at the groove and talking to you guys. Oh, so yeah. nice. I've enjoyed that's awesome. What about yeah. you, Mike? How's 2022 going for you? Well, it's, I don't know. Pretty good, I guess. Um, we really haven't done a whole lot at, since New Year's. I guess leading up to and including New Year's, we've been pretty busy. Uh, Sarah and I went back to uh, Buffalo, New York, where I'm originally from. Uh, visited my mom for Christmas and um, we're there for you know a week or so, not quite a week. Uh, got our fill of uh, chicken wings, which you always have to do when you go back to Buffalo, New York. Um, yeah. are they few... really are they amazing in buffalo yeah i don't know what the deal is man because they're not that hard to make anywhere it's not, it's not like you have to have some regional ingredient or some kind of special thing but it's just they're just a little bit better there back home and there's there's very few places outside of buffalo that i've been to that, that do it right is it the wild there right or the meat well, they're it's... buffalo wings and they're wild right <laughs> yeah straight out wild of, buffalo. from the buffaloes yeah they grow, yeah, on, wild they buffaloes. grow on trees yeah <laughs> Um, no, well, so it's both Jeremy. It's, it's, uh, the, the meat, I think for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just the butchers or if Buffalo gets some sort of preferential treatment because of where they are or whatever, but like the size of the wings tends to be bigger. Hmm. Um, if you go to high V or something here and you get frozen chicken wings from the, you know, freezer section, they're just, they're not really that big. And so there's not a whole lot of meat on them or whatever. And the sauce, I mean, you can get crazy with the sauce and do all kinds of different things, but I mean, just traditional Buffalo sauce is like Frank's red hot sauce that you get at the store anywhere Yeah, mix, mixed with butter, like, you know, melted butter or whatever. And mm -hmm. that's, that's basically the, the, the basic sauce. And then you can add cayenne pepper. You can add, you know, all whatever kinds of things want, to, yeah, yeah sure. however you want. And people do a barbecue sauce, whatever too. Now that's kind of, you know, and there, there's all kinds of other inspired creative sauces that are totally all over the map, but yeah. The basic Buffalo sauce is just that, but for whatever reason, it's just, it's the way the chickens cook. It's tossing it in the sauce at the right time. As soon as it comes out of the, the fryer, it's eating them before they get soggy. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of factors at play, but none of them are like that special as far as there's no restaurant anywhere across the country that couldn't pull it off, but it's just for whatever reason, yeah. going back home is always, is always, well, it's like that. when you go to Chicago, you eat pizza, you know, right. Yep. yep. Go to Detroit, you eat pizza. You go to yeah. Buffalo, you know, you go here, yeah, you, you got to get wings. Corn. So That's I right. mean, you come to Iowa, you eat seafood. Yeah. You come just, to Iowa, you eat, what you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get a big old plate of lobster. <laughs> it's the best here in Iowa. Actually, oh my buying, God. I've been buying shrimp the last couple of nights, but yeah, Iowa nice. shrimp is really good. But uh, yeah, not so a lot I, of people know this, but Cedar Rapids, Iowa, is actually a harbor town. You get a lot of seafood imports. Yeah, the, right on, Local. right along the Cielo Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 right off the power plant. That's the, where you get the best fish. Yeah. Um, but no, we did the we did that for a week, and then on the way home, uh, we stopped in Atlanta on New Year's uh, to go to see Seven Dust, uh, a band that I've talked about in the past, I believe, if, if I remember correctly. Um, they do like maybe the same, once or twice. Once or twice. They, uh, they do this and well, I guess I want to say annual, but they didn't do it last year uh, for obvious reasons, but, uh, they'll do a home They're you know, from Atlanta is kind of their hometown. Um, and they'll do a, a new year's Eve show there. So it's kind of a special thing and it's kind of always been on the bucket list. And, um, uh, we were, we almost went a couple of years ago, like in 2018 or something, but, uh, I had to change our plans at the last minute and ended up not going. So it's kind of always been this sort of sore spot that we've always wanted to go check out. 
And so we had a chance to go this year, um, and, uh, and party with them and all of our, all of our friends that we've kind of, you know, uh, made throughout the, uh, throughout the years there through the, what we call the seven nose family, whatever. We have a couple of friends from, um, all over basically that, that came out to this thing. So it was, it was pretty neat. It was in a kind of a weird area of Atlanta. I wasn't really quite sure what to, what to expect. Um, yeah, I've, I've been in big cities before and I've been in the wrong part of Chicago on accident and had a police officer tell me, like I said, like, uh, like come up and ask, like, do you guys know where you're going or do you guys know where you are? And it's like, actually, no, we don't. He's like, well, I'll tell you where you don't want to be is exactly right here. <laughs> and there was this whole thing. We were actually, we were leaving, a, I think it was an ultra bridge or Mark Germani, maybe uh show. And we'd kind of zigged when we should have zagged and we were on foot and we ended up in this horrible neighborhood. But anyway, that was years ago. That was Chicago. Atlanta felt like that, but like times 10 and no police telling us that we were in the wrong spot. Oh man. Were you like um, in little five points or something or we were, I don't, I don't know. I'm, is that like a, a part of, it's, uh, it's kind of a downtown main area where a lot of music and stuff happens. I've gotcha. I toured, toured there once for a couple of weeks. We, we were right downtown. Um, I don't remember the, the name of anything, but, uh, it was actually right by where they were going to do the peach drop for new year's, but they canceled it based on COVID. The peach um, drop. Yeah. Are you telling me, am I using context clues here to assume that a new year's Eve in downtown Atlanta, they have a giant peach that descends. I, I believe so. I, again, I'm, I'm not an Atlantite and I have no plans to become one. No offense to, to that, to that the peaches town, from Atlanta, but yeah, Georgia, uh, Georgia is, yeah. Georgia is oh, kind yeah, of yeah, the yeah, peach yeah, yeah. state. So they, they, that, you know, instead of like a ball drop, it's a peach drop, I guess. But yeah, we have either, a that, either that or everyone's downtown and they throw peaches from like the highest floor of all the buildings downtown. Just dump them off the top. Yeah. Raining rotten peaches down onto the poor people on the street. We lived in Idaho. We had the potato drop. So I get it. <laughs> the potato drop. <laughs> Any states oh have a drop. Yeah. In, in Buffalo, I, I'm not aware of a chicken wing, a wing drop. drop. We should, yeah, we should <laughs> start wing one. drop. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa's got the corn drop. It's just, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Or soy. Or the but lobster it was, drop. It, yes. it was a lot of fun indoors. The coast. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this new year's thing was a lot of fun indoors, but man, uh, outdoors was a different story. Our friend Trevor actually got his car shot up, uh, while what? it was parked outside the venue. Yeah. What? I mean, just, yeah, he came out from the show and his car windows were, and it was a rental car. Cause obviously everyone's traveled to get out there and he had done nothing to piss anyone off or just his car was just there and it got shot up. Did they like <laughs> take like, stuff out of the car or just shoot no, the windows? I, for I'm not, I don't, I don't think he got anything stolen. It was just shot. And, uh, there was this like park next to the place that was just, you know, it was funny because we were looking online and we're like, Oh, we're going to be downtown. We're we stayed at a nice hotel. It's, it's a nice area, like on paper, but I guess, I don't know if since the pandemic or something, things have kind of taken a turn is what one guy told us, but I, I, I haven't have any idea, but we were fine with post apocalyptic vibe. Yeah. So it was, it was an interesting experience, but it, you know, all things considered, I, you know, we, we got around safely and it was a good time. Definitely memorable with a few stories to, to come out of it with. So, but no, we're here and we're now we're kind of in quarantine. Uh, we did actually catch a little bit of the, the Rona while we were out there doing all that. Something you um, wouldn't have got in 2018 if you went. Yeah, that's true. Um, so a bonus. you got a bonus this year, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, but they're they're you know really mild cases, and by now we're recovered and out of quarantine and everything. But we're still quarantining because next week we leave to go to Shiprock, 
And you don't want to take is, any chances. Yeah. And you have to, we're vaxxed, which is fine. But then the other part of it is you have to test negative within 48 hours of sailing. So I ho- hopefully, you know, I think we're, we're going to be all right. And it, it, there's all this, you know, people talk one way or the other, and it's like, this is huge debate. And I don't want to get into that on this podcast, but like oh, I the, do. the different kinds of tests, um, like the PCR versus the rapid and, and you supposedly can test positive for a long time after your symptoms have gotten better and you've yep. recovered. Right. So that's causing ways. us. Yeah. So that's causing us a little bit of anxiety because there's a lot of, you know, time and money tied up into this thing. And the fear is of course you get, you get down to Galveston, get ready to sail on this thing. You test and all of a sudden, bam, you're positive. You can't get on the damn ship. And that's well, let, let me suck. give you a, let me give you a little tip if you don't mind. Yeah. I'd love my to daughter it. is in uh is in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And she also has to have a clean test before she comes back and she mm-hmm. just had it. Right. And so there's another way because people right now, they just shortened it to a five day, you know, quarantine. Yeah. So they have to have a way to, because it tests so long afterwards, positive, especially with certain tests, they have to have a way to say, okay, you had ground zero was this day and you've already had two weeks quarantine Yep. And you have a note. This is the key, a note from your doctor. Yeah. Saying that you have recovered. I know exactly where you're going with that. Oh. And the cruise the cruise line does not accept that. Oh, um, fuck those yeah, guys then. I know. So that's that's been a huge uh point of contention. Cause I, I talked to my well, it wasn't my doctor, but it was the the um I don't know, uh nurse practitioner or whatever that was uh took care of my test and everything at the urgent care clinic. And I was expressing that exact <clears throat> Uh, concern. And she was like, Oh yeah, no, that's no problem. I can write a note that says exactly what you described chain. Yeah. And um, so then I went online and and went to carnival's website and through the whole thing. And there's a, this whole discussion about it. And it's like, yeah, you, you actually have to test negative. A doctor's note doesn't count a, a doctor's note. That's the only way you can get an exemption for being vac- vaccinated. Um, so they'll let, they'll let, they'll let that slide. If you have a doctor's note for some medical reason that you can't get a vaccine but you still have to test negative, of course, then. So they're not um, doing any of the religious exemption stuff either. Not for, no, not for the, uh, yeah. not for the negative test. Well, they got a, or anything. they've yeah. got a loophole because it's on a boat, dude. That's right. Exactly. Quarters. You know, and that's, that's my take on it. And of course, I know this is not a political uh, podcast. I don't want to even go into that, but you know, there are people who, who, who say like, you know, it's, it's my freedom to get vaccinated or not, or it's my freedom to, you know, this and that. I agree with you, but the thing is with every choice you make, you also then have to suffer those consequences. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, a cruise is a private deal. And so they can choose whether or not you get on it or not. And if you want to get on the cruise, then you need to follow their rules. And if you don't want to go on the cruise or you don't want to follow their rules, then you don't get on the cruise. Well, unfortunately so, it makes sense what they're yeah. saying. I mean, it sucks because everyone has Definitely. to kind of be on edge until they test, but it right. does make sense. They're really just trying to. Yeah. So we have like, we have like three uh, or six between Sarah and I, we have six uh, at home tests. They have to be approved like proctored tests. And uh, then we also have two in-person tests scheduled down in Galveston to take. So we're going to be tested five times in those two days. So, I mean, we're not obviously trying to cheat the system, but I'm also aware that there are such a thing as a false positive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not going to get on the ship if we're popping a fever or something like that. But I mean, if we're feeling fine, I mean, I feel fine now or, you know, I think we're fully recovered. So 
Um, and like, we're past, like you said, the, the, from the ground zero day, you know, the first day, the onset of symptoms and all that, you know, I mean, we're two weeks now past new Year's, So, um, the thought is worst case scenario, we get, we test negative or sorry, we test positive. Um, we would just continue testing and hopefully maybe one of them, you know, dude, you can just like you get a piss the, test. You just get a friend to, to spit, <laughs> spit in that tube. Dude, I'll lend you my nostril, Mike. I'd come I in with to... like, sorry, zoom sucks. I had to uh, do that, that fucking home test myself. And my wife looks at me and she goes, okay, here's the tube. Just fill it up with spit to this line. And I looked at oh, that thing and I'm like, are test. you fucking kidding me? I have to fill that up. I'm like just hacking up and I, it took forever, but I filled her up, man. I didn't know I had that much spit in my mouth, <laughs> but anyway, that's awesome. Well, dude, I, I hope that it all works out for you. And I, you know, yeah. I, I'm, sh I'm sure it will. It's going to be great. And hopefully if all the stars align, we'll do a podcast from the ship or something and just that, have a little fun with that. That is my goal, dude. I'm super stoked for that. Um, let's see how this all pans out. Of course, we'll be in touch, uh, throughout the whole process here, but, um, yeah, my, at least enough, enough stuff on with my iPad and, and whatever else to, to have some sort of on location broadcast from ship rocked and kind of give an update from that. I'm, I'm so stoked to be on this, on that, sh on that cruise. I hope as cool as I think it's going to be. And maybe even, maybe even I'll say it here first, but maybe even have a, uh, um, a, a guest of some kind to, uh, to, sh to, to share with us here, but who knows it's too early to tell. And, uh, my computer's telling me that my connection is unstable. So hopefully you guys heard all that, but yeah, you're um, a little choppy, but I got the gist of it. Uh, you're, right. you're recording it though on your, uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. The audio, I'll have an audio track. You should you be good. What about you, G? Do you have anything that's been going on? Uh, I got a haircut. Yeah, dude, you're looking pretty spiffy there. Thanks, bud. Love I cut it. a bunch of hair off. Uh, for those of you who have been following our little uh, photo ad things, well, for most people that are listening to this that know me know that I've had very long hair for a very long time. And uh, I think I started growing it out back in like 2018. And it got, it was very long for a long time. And I woke up on New Year's Day. I've been thinking about this for a while. I rolled over and I looked at Chelsea and I said, cut my hair off. So we went, she's a hairstylist. So it wasn't like, you know, grab the kitchen scissors, but it's like, we well, went I'm booked two months out. And, so you're going to have to wait. Well, see, I get special treatment because <laughs> yeah. I'm VIP. You're sleeping but, with her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we went into the salon and she was like, how do you really want to do this? And I was like, yes, take it off. And partially it, the reason is because Milo, my son is at an age now where the little hands are getting grabby and he grabs hair. And babies have this incredible skill with their little hands, their little grabbies. They're not very coordinated, so they have a hard time, at least at this age, he has a hard time picking things up. But every once in a while, he'll take his delicate, his beautiful little baby hand, and he'll delicately just kind of weave his fingers through your hair. And you're like, this is such a beautiful moment. He's like, looking at my hair. And then right as he's gotten your hairs all woven into his fingers, and they do the death, the death claw go, <laughs> like this. And they just yank as hard as they can. And then it's like, whoa, your whole head goes down and it's impossible to open it up. It's like a steel trap. You cannot get this baby fist open. So I was like, okay, we got to remove some length here. And uh, the other reason of course, is that that Beatles documentary came out back in November or whatever. And I watched that and I was just immediately spiraled back into my 
obsession with the Beatles music. And I was like, I should cut my hair off. I should look like a Beatle now. I should, I'm I, not going to do, I'm not going to look like the Foo Fighters anymore. Dude, I think it looks great. And I would argue with you that you do look a little bit like, uh, what is it, like 1998 Dave Grohl or so? He had kind of the, the short hair thing going That's for a little true. while. Yeah, he? he didn't always yeah. have the long hair. Right. It, so it, you still got some length there too. I mean, it's not right. Like no, it's not like I buzzed yeah. it off. I'm I mean, you're going to be able to maybe. throw that hair around. You'll still have that effect on stage. And right. Yeah. So that's kind of the main thing that's going on with me. I've been on also recording an album of music and I've been reaching out to a lot of friends and putting it together. Also very yeah. inspired stuff. Dude. I just, it totally, it slipped my mind. You just shared a video with your friend Kenny playing G. saxophone. Yeah. yeah Kenny G. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Hank, um, one of my old coworkers from West Music, who's Dude, a unbelievable Hank, saxophone player. Hank can throw it down with the saxophone. Holy! Oh, does shit, he play dude. with? Uh, does he play with Gabe and um, those guys? Or Gabe? I didn't mean Gabe. Uh, doesn't Soul matter. Sherpa? Are you yeah. talking about Ian? Ian. Yeah. yeah, he plays in Soul Sherpa. Ian Gabeson. Is... <laughs> I don't know where Ian Gabe Mick came from. Gabeson. Yeah, Mick Gabeson. <laughs> Yeah, he plays in the uh, the ten piece funk band called Soul Sherpa. Right, and all of those guys are fantastic, incredible musicians. But um, I I worked with Hank, so I was just like, hey, you want to throw some saxophone on this? I've got this just really heavy, grindy blues riff that is dying for a big Pink Floyd style saxophone solo. And he came in and ran a couple takes of it, and it was like it's pretty gnarly. So I'm really looking awesome. forward to it. And I've got a lot of other friends who are who are putting some stuff down on it. I've got a couple of uh, drummers who are going to be doing some drum tracks. I actually, uh, an old family friend of ours from who lives in New Jersey is actually a, uh, I believe he's a professor at Princeton University. He's like part of their music program. Just super prestigious, really, really smart music people. And uh, he's a fiddle player. And he plays a very unique style of fiddle from uh, Sweden or Norway, somewhere, Netherlands. Um, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but I think it's called a hardunger fiddle. And it's like a normal violin. It's got four main strings, but then under those main strings that you bow, it's got these extra little strings that work kind of like a sitar does, where they just like... Um, resonate. They resonate. Yeah, exactly. And so he'll... He bows. It sounds gorgeous. And so I had this acoustic song and I got a hold of him and I was like, do you want to put a track on this? And he's like, yeah, let me try something out. And then a day later, he sends me this take. He's like, see what you think of that? And it was like, this is incredible. I'm just weeping at how beautiful this song is. So I'm, I'm holding on to that one. I haven't released that yet, but uh, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm gearing up for a big album. My goal has been for the past few years, I've released a full album of original music on my birthday. Right. Um, and I've already assembled probably 10 or 12 songs now. Um, and I, I don't know if I want to wait all the way until October, but I'm turning 30 this year. So I figure like if I'm going to do it real big, it's gotta be this year, you know, dude, you should or do that thing more that Kotzen songs. did. Seriously. Kotzen did, uh, Kotzen did 50 songs on oh, his 50th. his 50th birthday. Yeah, dude, oh, yeah, that's yeah, us. Yeah. make like a double, a, like a, you know, two, double two CDs. Yeah, double yeah. album. Especially where you're cranking them out as fast as you are. I mean, you might as well, dude. Well, and that's, again, coming back to this Beatles documentary, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see it or even heard about it, but it's the the um, documentary that Disney Plus did with uh, 
it's a bunch of super old Beatles footage from like 69 of them rehearsing <laughs> and writing an album. And uh, it's just amazing. And it's like an eight hour long documentary special. I mean, there's it's in three parts, but it's a combined total of like over eight hours of footage. So for somebody who's just a casual or a non-Beatles fan, it's a lot to get through. But for me, I was just like glued to the edge of my seat watching. I don't know, man. I, I heard, I've listened to a lot of people that aren't Beatles fans that were opposed to watching it and then they started watching it and they couldn't stop. So I, I think I'm probably going to check it out. If it's if it's a well-done documentary, which it must be, and obviously the content is there. So, I mean, I, I, I'm probably that person who's not like particularly into the Beatles, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to watch it. I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm always looking for, for new things to, to get into. So well, they wrote that song, think... give me, give me shelter or something like that in there at that one. That That's the one. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest, I think anyone, it, especially anybody who has any musical inclination is at least somewhat interested in the process of creating music and especially yeah. music like that, that has been around for so long um, to see those songs that every, I mean, songs like, get back by the Beatles or like there's a scene where George Harrison is working on the song something um, which is a, a one of his greatest songs on the Abbey Road album and you you're watching this happen on this documentary and he's like toying around with the guitar riff and he's trying to come up with lyrics and these are lyrics that people have been singing for you know almost 60 years now and everyone's like come on you're right there like you know just find that the little word that you're looking for and uh, but it's really cool. There's there's a couple of great scenes where you get to actually see that moment of inspiration kind of take them and you see these songs sort of happen in real time, which is I mean, it, regardless of my obsession with the Beatles themselves, like that's just super cool to see in any context, really. What's yeah, crazy man. to me is why it was released now. You know, I mean, that footage, I mean, they just find it or. Yeah, well, so back when it was filmed. Um, and they go through this in the documentary. The intention was they were going to take a month and they were going to write an album's worth of songs. And then at the end of the month, they were going to do like a TV special and they were going to film the whole thing and do it as a documentary. And this is back in 69, 70. So they, they filmed it. And at the end of it, they're like, you know, we just don't really have what we want out of this. And so they released like an hour long movie called Let It Be, um, which is comprised of that old footage. And it's just kind of this bland, like sort of dreary movie. And it, it was actually wasn't released until the band broke up. So there's like all this kind of like down in the dumps, like, oh, the Beatles are broken up. This sucks. Like, why are we watching this movie? They're gone. And then the footage sat around forever and everyone just thought it was sort of this like sad be real leftover shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then Peter Jackson, the guy who directed the Lord of the Rings trilogy, recently a couple of years ago um worked with these guys who developed this artificial intelligence tech that was able to take super old footage and then using like ai processing can restore the footage wow um and they did that both with the video and the audio so they were able to take tapes from these these reels of them rehearsing and what would normally you know just on the tape sounds like a crowded room full of people talking and you can hear, you know, a little conversation going on in the background. They were able to isolate using AI somehow they were able to isolate just Shit. the specific conversation and they could, they were able to just pull things out of this raw footage that 
that they never thought they'd be able to see or hear. That is crazy, and, man. That's so cool. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had tons of footage. I mean, I think I heard in total, there was like 60 hours worth of footage that he was able to, to use this process. And what he ended up finding out was after he went through all this, this period of their careers wasn't quite as, you know, depressing as the original movie made it seem. They were actually uh, still in a very creative headspace. And just the fact that they were able to do this entire album in less than 30 days is like unbelievable to me, but it's, it was really cool to see. Okay. So I'll watch it. Yeah. I was just going to say, man, that's I mean, the best sales pitch I've heard about. I'm it. not and, trying yeah. to give you the hard sell or anything. I will admit there are some, some points where it's just a bunch of dudes goofing off in the studio and doing random crap, but like there's little bits and inside things like stories that you've heard all these years about like you know yoko ono is this john's girlfriend is just hanging out and being all weird and annoying and drove everybody nuts and then you watch this and you're like but she's really not that bad she's just kind of hanging out so it's it's pretty interesting I, i i think all that side conversation and the side little nuances that may not appear at first glance to be interesting to to the casual you know watcher i think that's the stuff that interests me the most yeah, I, you know, I, 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 my only experience with seeing like any sort of creative pro- process like that has been like through these Instamix things that I've, I've talked about in the past too. And I won't even mention the seven dust part of it. Cause I talked too much about that, but the, uh, the process though is so cool. And when you're in the presence of these like incredible talents that, you know, at, a, at least for myself, I mean, I, I write a little bit. I don't consider myself to be that great of a songwriter. Mm-hmm. I, cer- I certainly take a very long time to have something that I'm even somewhat happy with come out um, to watch these guys do it sort of in real time, like what you were saying earlier, like to see them sitting there and ha- all of a sudden have this song like materialize in- before your eyes. Like that, you know, when we walked into that room, that song didn't exist. Right. And that's just the coolest thing to sort of see that process. And I think part of it is sort of that, I don't even want to say banter. I mean, banter is kind of a part of it if, if people are kind of just joking around or whatever, but there's sort of this, this chemistry, this um, interaction that goes back and forth between, you know, whoever's producing and recording everything mm-hmm. to, to the, the musicians. And then, you know, if there's just anyone else in the room, there's just this energy that exists there. Yeah. And if, if it's a good energy and, and there's, you know, it requires good talent too, which, you know, is not always, not always present, but when it's all there and it all comes together, really cool, you know, magic can happen. Well, even, even being in a time frame that was 60 years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like being in the building when they've signed the declaration of independence. I mean, it's not like that, but I mean, it's like, you're watching something happen that was before you were born and you're, you're hearing little innuendos and jokes and inside jokes that, don't make any sense to you, but you're, you know what I mean? You're like witnessing a whole different time. Yeah. And I think to me, that's, that's what sounds so interesting to me. And then another thing is think about all the bands that we've grown up listening to, you know, we don't even have some of the stuff that you're seeing on that Beatles documentary of those bands, you know, it's like to watch a band, write an album from top to bottom, you know, I mean, there's, there are some out there that you can watch, but you know, it's, it's pretty amazing that you're watching the Beatles do that, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's one I'm thinking of that's uh Gigi's other favorite band, uh, Metallica. Oh, um, a year and a half in the life of a year and a half in the life where they wrote the black an, album, 
one of my favorite things to watch is that, that yeah documentary. and it's it captures a lot of that same magic that i think we're talking about here and um it, it, yeah it's just it, that was actually probably my first experience at watching something like that happen at the level of like a popular signed band that actually has according to most anyway talent yeah and um <laughs> i'm sure geez yeah. doesn't deny okay. that they have talent yeah yeah, yeah. Talent, no i yeah. Well, Lars, I don't know, but anyway, some, so some more uh, than others, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ringo wasn't all that, you know. But anyway, but or uh, was he? Or was he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's you see, that's the common ground we have there. Both of our bands that we like, the drummers. Well, it's interesting because, like, I'm a huge Sil Silverchair fan. I've been listening to their podcast, and um, well, I finished it. But uh, Daniel, at one point, um, he was married to Natalie Imbruglia. Do you know who that is? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm a lot of faith. Yeah. This is how I feel. Alone oh. and shame. Running yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That Her. was a very, very good. Thank you. Shane, by the anyway, way. Anyway. Yeah. So Torn was the name Torn of the song. Torn is the name of the song. So he yeah, was yeah. married to her and she lived in this big, like fucking castle type thing. And him and one of the a real famous, uh, not DJ, but a guy, a keyboard songwriter, pop songwriter, um, got together and wrote an album and they did it in 11 days and they named it the dissociatives about the loan it to you sometime. It's fucking amazing. But, uh, you get, you hear him talk about that whole process of just being down in this big house and just locking themselves in a room and having to write, I think it was two songs a day, or at least have one finished and one started each day. Wow. so that they could complete it but yeah. yeah i mean that kind of shit i'd love to watch that on mm -hmm. video man that'd be incredible if they would have thought about it maybe they did yeah. who knows yeah but so every time i hear natalie imbruglia's name uh i think back to my senior year in high school when that song had come out and was really popular uh i was i think the only one in kind of my group of friends that had a cd burner at the time this is in the late nineties, like 99 or something like that. I, I guess we could look up when the song came out, but, uh, I had a friend of mine that was all stoked about me burning a CD for him. So I made a CD and it was, he was in like me, he was in that really heavy music Metallica. And, uh, I don't even remember what all was on the thing. Offspring, probably like that last, uh, one of my last, uh, song choices there, all this kind of heavier, you know, dude metal and heavy rock sort of vibe. And for whatever reason, I, I made this mix CD and I put that song on, on with it too. And you know, it's it was a really popular song. I dig the song. I it was thought a it was great awesome. song. Yeah, yeah, it was. A, but it doesn't really align with like you know. I think what my friend wanted. Right. And so like when he got the CD, he's like, "Dude, that song, that CD is awesome. There's all these great songs. But why the fuck did you put Natalie and Bruglia on it?" And he just like gave me shit for it for like the entire year. So like every time I would see him, he'd be like, "Natalie and Bruglia," and there's just like became this thing. So like every time like now when I hear her name, it's like I just think right back to that time when I accidentally put that song on the on a, on the wrong person's CD and oops, never heard, never heard the end of it. Right. I'm telling you, you should listen to that podcast because actually he sits with her daniel and natalie and they talk for like an hour they were married for a long time and they haven't talked in like 20 years and so it's all wow. very very organic conversations i mean he sits down with a lot of people it's hard to get people to listen to something that you really want them to because they want you to listen you want me to watch the beatles movie so I, you know it's always hard but it is a very I mean, good listen I don't, I don't care one way or another if you watch it or not 
Shane. Oh, I'm probably going to lose sleep if you guys don't watch the silver chair one tonight. Oh, just, okay. <laughs> we we got to, we're in the middle of us on the tail end of a snowstorm here and we have, we're in kind of quarantine. So I dude, we're looking for stuff to do. Yeah. So we're going to, there's a lot of Beatles footage and not only is there an eight hour, but they're getting ready to release a whole director's version of it, um, of the Beatles. I've what? been listening to different interviews on really? it and stuff. Yeah. Even it's more? It's, it's already oh, eight yeah. hours though. I know, but they're going to release a director's cut and it's going to have like another 10 what? hours. Or, seriously, I'm not I didn't kidding. hear about that. Yeah. Oh man, wow. that might be reserved for the, the top of the top. To go back to what Mike was hinting at a little bit though, I totally understand for anybody out there who's like, because I know a lot of people, especially this day and age, that they think of the Beatles and they're like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand why these, like, why everyone loves this so much. And I don't blame anyone for holding that opinion because I think for a lot of people, unless you grew up with it, like, unless it was, unless that music was part of your life from when you were a little, little kid, you grow up hearing like, oh, Beatles, there's the greatest band in the whole world. And they, there's like all this hype around it. And then you listen to it and it's like, this was recorded in the 60s. And some of this music is just like really basic and plain and kind of cheesy. And it's like, what's the, what? I don't get it. So like, I always, I mean, I don't know. I love them because I grew up listening to them and everything, but I, I totally I, get that. I think there's a lot of different dimensions about what makes music special. And it, it doesn't have to be complex or fast or I, I don't know, whatever the Beatles aren't right. You know, the, the Beatles are, are, you know, I, I like I said earlier, I'm, I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but I don't dislike them. And I, I definitely understand that they are revered right and rightly so for, for the songs they wrote and for, you know, sort of almost inspiring a, a generation of music to come after them. And, uh, you know, most of the music I do like and hold dear straight to, to my core Mm. we're inspired by many bands including the beatles and oh, easily right. yeah um i think that's probably you know almost anyone can say that these days which is just right there in and of itself a reason for them to be held on that pedestal and so for for me to 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 uh watch a documentary like that i think would be very inspiring just to understand it I'd pro if i were to guess i'd probably come out of that eight hour documentary a huge beatles fan and it's you never know. And maybe you could retire the strip club t-shirt and go right to a Beatles shirt. <laughs> go to a Beatles shirt. Um, no, like that year and a half in the life of Metallica. Like actually the first time I watched it, I, I wasn't necessarily like a huge Metallica fan. Dude, and me too. That was something that, that was just like watching that process and hearing how the song came together and like the solo for Unforgiven, I think was one that they, they recorded and it was part of the, um, part of it. It was in the footage in that documentary. Is hold on, is that is that the one that starts out and he goes dim dim da 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 Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's the intro. I hate that solo. That is my all-time least favorite guitar part of any That's not the solo though. That's the intro to the song. Okay. There's a solo at the end of the song. The solo's better than that? Oh yeah, the solo rips, dude. That's it's a cool solo. It's a one of their most famous solos for sure. That intro is probably some of my absolute least favorite guitar work of all. You know what? It's it's actually yeah because yeah oh, it's that horrible yeah. It, yeah the yeah. tone is is squeaky yep. and thin yeah oh, I, I to this day uh, Hammett has absolutely terrible vibrato when playing guitar Ooh, 
Oh, mm, rotten. I, you know I what? Would, I would almost grab a guitar Ooh. and show you right now because he'll he'll sit on a note and he goes, bam, bam, and he does this like, yeah, oh, shaking the bugs off of my fingers, sort of, thing. <laughs> and and combined with that thin squeaky <laughs> tone, I'm gonna go off yeah. on a tangent. I don't want to do that, but no, do it, do it. Uh, I'm here, dude. Well, you I were just, three when that album came out, so it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was negative no, dude, whatever when... I love it. I'm, I'm going to steal that probably, uh, like the the description of his vibrato. Like a, I'm going to say like, <laughs> like like a wasp, like a wasp, like landed on his guitar and he's trying to shake it off. And that's <sighs> the vibrato you get. No finesse, no finesse. What's yeah, that? so you know what's funny? Okay, so actually the moment I'm talking about, which is it's so crazy we're talking about this song, because like in, in, this, in this documentary... Bob Rock is like their producer, right? And so he's like this kind of very eighties blonde. Is that is that his know? real name? Is that yeah. I I don't no, know if it's, no, it's I not. I don't know if it's on his driver's license, but his like it's his Robert, Robert Rockenfield is what it is. But uh, is it really? It's, no, it's, I don't. No, I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I've seen the documentary, but I'm not like an expert on the guy. But uh, anyway, it's just, he's this like totally chill, cool eighties funny guy. Probably drives a Camaro, sort of dude, you know. And um, he's kind of like grilling uh kirk on on this solo and and he's like you haven't done your homework and i might be mixing parts because i haven't seen this in a long no, time i think, right I think that's okay and so he's just like just kind of giving him shit for not really performing that well and he's like you know we need we need a solo for this song and he just like kind of just they, they start playing the track and he just starts just rips the solo and i i, I think what's on the documentary is not the official solo that that makes the cd Cause there are some little, like as a guitar player, like, you know, like you're listening to it and it's like, there's a couple notes are different, but it's really, really, really close. And that was like the inspiration and the initial fire that like got this solo going. And it's one of the better solos. I think that Metallica Dude, ever I got had. chills it's, when I heard it. What? Yeah. And because Bob's it just like, came yes. out and he was like, that was, yeah, there we go. You know? And it was exactly that moment that we're all talking about that, hmm. which is groove I might add. So but, Mike, um, there's a whole new podcast for Metallica that's out right now. And, and is they're, there? Do, they're doing it. So like every episode is them. Oh, um, wow. I mean, they might have, have to check that out. They might have a guy running it, but they're yeah. all talking. Lars but... had a podcast for a while too. No he? one wants to see Lars on a podcast. I don't all care right. to see Lars on a podcast. That's all right. We all have different opinions. I like Lars. Anyway, <laughs> on, on this podcast, it's, it's basically track by track, person by person, everyone that's been involved with the black album. It's a celebration of the black wow. album. So yeah, yeah, you yeah. can listen to Kirk talk through his whole relationship with bob rock and how that all went down and all that shit yeah but um, i would love to yeah I'll, I'll take a listen to that for sure but i mean the fact that you and i really don't know what we're talking about because we like really sucky guitar players but apparently you know. yeah hey hey i will say i will interject here and say that i have a ton of respect for james hetfield yeah as a vocalist and as a guitarist yeah and specifically as a vocalist and a guitarist because his ability to play those parts and sing at the same time is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I just it, think Kirk Hammett. Damn it. Is not that good of a guitar player. <laughs> I, and I, I think listening to him talk is like listening to a Ninja Turtle talk because he's like, oh, I don't know how to play guitar, dude. Pizza. He, he, he does have a funny way of talking. I love just, the way he talks. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> he, he talks to me. He talks kind of like a space cadet. Like he's always kind of lost. Like yes. he's just, how did he end up here? Well, he's of, stoned sort of out vibe. of his gourd. He's not, uh, yeah, but maybe, it looks like it. Yeah, he, he does have that vibe. But okay, So I will disagree with you, Jeej, on, on the Kirk Hammett take. But your take on James, you know, is 100% on. And I, as much as I kind of 
this is like this gets really deep down into my soul because i i've i always <laughs> want to i've always wanted to be kirk i've always wanted to be the the shredder and i can play a bunch of metallica solos and i can play leads and i've been a lead guitarist whatever in bands but like i am james Hetfield. i i have that right hand that he has mm. that i've i've always had the most res- i won't say i'm as good as him but like that has always been my strong suit is, is my right hand. And I've learned it all from painstakingly practicing and playing Metallica songs over the years. And, you know, a lot of other bands obviously have a similar style that have come after them. And, um, I love that sort of, uh, that style. I am getting a error on my recorder that says card is full. <laughs> so oh, there we go. No. my audio, Audio recording has has stopped at some point, at least well, you know, the audio. So we've got the Zoom recording, and it's going to be just fine. People will be yeah. forgiving for this one. Yeah, I and, hope so. Uh, basically, it's a we bonus just, episode. Exactly. We could also just release me and Jeej talking, and there'll always be space when you're talking. You, just, you can just mute me. <laughs> and that's... So, so <laughs> am I to take that to mean that we should just continue with the Zoom audio and stop the lot the recording of the other audios here well if you're stopped it doesn't really matter yeah i mean let's, let's ask our our people listening what do you guys think we should do oh they just said just go with the zoom record on, <laughs> on that note i guess there's not really any way to pause this i need to refill my drink no just do it um just go we can do it in post just go man all right i'll <laughs> do be it right live <laughs> Hello guys, my name is Devin Green, and this is The Innovative Creative, a podcast dedicated to helping designers and clients better understand design using an alternative way of thought. I've been designing for 16 plus years, and I felt that people need this knowledge. Whether you are a new or an experienced designer, I can give you tips that can better help your design journey. I also know that clients sometimes have a hard time working with designers. This is my way to help clear the confusion. Join me on your favorite podcasting platform as I dive into design tips, communication tactics, and much more. I release episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on my website at innovativecreative.fm and wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is proudly produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The Innovative Creative is free to listen to, but if you want bonus content and to support local creators, subscribe to LAS+. Plus. For more information on that, head on over to LASPodcastNetwork.com. L-A-S. Hey, I'm Logan. Hey, I'm Logan. You're supposed to say that you're Tim. Don't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. (laughs) We're the hosts of a brand new podcast called From One Dad to Another. Each week we tackle a new topic, interview local professionals, and attempt to decode modern parenthood one dad joke at a time. So make sure to join us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. From One Dad to Another is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more on our independent podcast network, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. And if you want to support the show and get some bonus content, behind-the-scenes looks, and even get the show ad-free, you can become a member of our Patreon over at patreon.com slash LASPodcastNetwork. And if you don't, I won't be mad, but I will be disappointed. (laughs) Oh, and one last thing. You're doing great, and I'm proud of you.
A-S. Dude, okay, I, you guys, I mean, you guys are obviously, you've been coffee drinkers for a while, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. so I, there is, there was longer nothing, than you've been alive. Sure. Probably there, true. There was nothing more daunting to me than going to like the actual coffee shops for the first time and trying to figure out what you want. Sure. So like, you guys know Scooters, the, the little coffee shop? I hate it. That's, but yes. no. Well, there's, there's like a little, it. just a little drive-through hut that's over kind of near. It's where, where Coffee Smiths left off. They they bought all the Coffee Smiths here in town. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. And so I drove around. Like I was like, all right, well, I'll try this. I'll get some coffee here. And first of all, you pull up, and it's the little drive-through talk speaker thing, and then they have the menu printed in like you know six-point type, <laughs> and there's a million things on there. But not like not all of it is listed on the thing. And so like you pull up and the second you pull up, they're like, what can I get for you today? And I'm like, uh, medium coffee with, I don't know, what do you have? It's like, you know, they're so used to coffee drinkers coming in and saying, I want this. And they just know immediately. It's Especially very- living in a yeah. Starbucks world. And yeah. I'm a Starbucks girl. Well. But seriously, like if you go to Starbucks, it's loaded with high school kids yes. and they all have their drink. So yeah, right. they have it's, no time and, for your bullshit. But you know what? And they're all like, I don't know, maybe I'm just this is old man Mikey J here, but like they're all these ridiculous orders with like Yes. Like I don't even I can't even like make one up on the spot because there's, there's and sweeteners right. and creams yep. and, and stuff. And it's like, dude, it's fucking coffee. Like just order uh, like a, I'm, you know, it doesn't have to be this complicated and they have pre-made things on the menu for to choose from. If you want a caramel macchiato, it's there. You can just ask for that. But like, you know, exactly like three pumps of this and then this, you know, stevia or whatever. And then the, whatever, there's just all these different options, which is, that's fine. If if that's what you want, that's cool. But it's, I don't know. I'm going to be judging from, from my corner. I guess it's just daunting to me because there's this whole culture that I've never been a part of. And now here I am as an adult man going into his thirties, asking some kid at Starbucks, like, I don't know what I want. I just want coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. There's, there's it reminds me of like my first time going to like an auto parts store and like, there's like, you walk to the up to the counter and you're like kind of lost. Like I just need an alternator for this car, but like you don't know, you have no confidence of like how to like, yeah, state your case to the to the right. to the cashier. But I don't know. I guess it's probably that way with with uh, a lot of different things. But yeah. so what did you so, end up getting then? Did you did you end up getting a coffee that you that you liked? I'm trying to remember what I got, but I ended up thinking. Um, so I, I asked them for a coffee, and I was like. Uh, one of my, one of the ones that I had been getting it, well that I make at home is like I'll take we have like some syrups too so you put like a pump of this flavored syrup in with the coffee so I'd get regular coffee and then I would put a pump of hazelnut syrup in which I really like and then I put a little bit of creamer in there as well and so I asked the girl at scooters I was like well so you guys have syrups right and she's like yeah and I was like uh do you have a hazelnut syrup and she goes no we don't have that that's weird. Like, well, shit. What's very what common. do you have? And she's like, Well, we got like caramel, we got like a mocha syrup and stuff like that. And I was like, I guess I'll have the mocha, like the chocolate kind. I mean, 
you know, I'm a chocolate And then I'd later come to find out, like I told somebody what my order was and they're like, why didn't you just order a mocha? And I was like, cause I don't fucking know what it's called. Like, I don't, I don't know. Basically I had ordered like the equivalent of something, but it was like, I had removed a step that was integral to this very common coffee drink. And it just sounded like I ordered this backwards, like half mocha thing that didn't make any sense. And it's like, none of this is on the menu. And even if it was, it would take me 15 minutes to find it on there. Cause there's a million thing, like a million different drinks and food items and all that. It's, these are the social experiences that, that are very daunting. I think this to... is, this is what gives people anxiety. Honestly, it's just these sorts of things that really, anxiety. really ought to be simple, but are yeah. not. So I stick to my main drink and I probably have three, three of them a day at multiple coffee shops, but it's basically just a dark roast coffee with two espresso shots in it and then heavy cream. Okay. And I actually lately have been having them steam the heavy cream. That way your doesn't make your coffee cold. So they Mm. steam it, it gives a little foam and whatever. And then it also just kind of doesn't make your coffee cold. And they say that that makes it a cafe au lait if you steam the steam the coffee cafe au lait see they have all these names hmm. for this stuff it but it's basically yeah i mean every store has their own name for everything right but and that just makes it even more complicated but yeah. mine's always just the dark roast the two shots and then cream it just makes it a little more burly and it also gives you a little bit more caffeine so see i don't know if i'm quite to that level where i'm drinking full diesel yet like i feel like i'm still drinking diet coffee you know right. like the caffeine intake is still pretty low for me well you're making it up with the sugar though that's true yeah but yeah. so still leave in the comments you guys what are you drinking these days just leave them yeah. in the comments we need to know it yeah also i want to bring something up i feel like this is almost becoming a recurring segment on our podcast now but i have another road rage gripe do you guys i was gonna have... bring up traffic circles like a second ago but go Dude. ahead yeah okay do you guys <clears throat> Do you guys have what I have started calling um, nemesis lights around town? Oh, like every light in Cedar Rapids from like, like Collins Road is it? Yes. Or the bypass that goes, yes. called a bypass in Marion, but what? the slow pass. Yeah. Yes. So Over a, by nemesis, Menards. a nemesis yeah. light is a light where no matter when you go to it, it's always red. It Can always I just turns say that- red. I love your naming schemes for just any like Hawk Rock, like Nemesis Lights. I love Nemesis it Light. Dude, because that I know exactly. Name? Yes. You... Well, I mean, I don't know if somebody else has called it that, but I, that's the name I have deemed for intersections. There's a few of them around town, and and let's be honest, all of Marion's traffic lights are a fucking disaster. Oh, dude, it's the worst. The traffic I'm... in Marion is horrible, and it doesn't need to be. That's the thing. There's not that many drivers, but the dude, the traffic situation... lights. The traffic lights in Marion caused us to move out to the country. It's rotten. That's we're just sick of it. It's we're sick of their shit. But there are a few, and it, I don't know what it is. And and like, okay, so the one I'm the one I'm talking about in particular is the intersection on Collins Road where um, the Mister Car Wash and yep. like Applebee's. And totally, Arby's I never missed that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you always get. The you never light. miss it. No, no, no. I mean, I never miss the red light. Right. Oh, it's, okay. yeah. It's designed to stop you. So I, I leave work at about six o'clock every day and I take Collins to get onto 380 to go pick up Milo from my mom's house. That intersection 
And I, I mean, this happens to me so much that last night when I was leaving work, I took a video of it, of me hitting this red light because it's a certainty. Dude, it is a 100% certainty. I love this so much. I've wanted to video my travel down Collins road so many times just to post it on Facebook. Does anyone else have this experience? So and it's, and it's, leave it in the comments. Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I pull out and I, I'm going on to Collins and I go down here and I hit this red light every time. And it's, the the thing that I don't understand is like, it's not like these are on a daily timer because I leave work at a slightly different time every day. Sometimes it's six o'clock right on the dot. Sometimes it's like 6.02 or 6.03. Sometimes it's like 5.59. Let's all be honest with ourselves. But the fact is we could be on a 10 minute spread here and it doesn't matter when I leave work. It's always a red light. Dude, and, it's way more it, than 10 minutes. It's any time of the day. It's that yeah. whole, that whole yes. area is just set up. It's a nemesis light, dude. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, I go by that way, even now on going to Menards, like you were saying, Shane, that's, that's my route. That light sucks ass. And yes. I don't know. It, it's, it's, and it's not a, a quick problem. light either. We, yeah, it's always, we have the, the technology. Yeah. We have the technology to, to fix it. And, and the thing that, bu that bugs me the most, and, and maybe you feel this way too, Jeej, is not just that it stops you but it's so inefficient. There's no one else going through the intersection. Correct. There might, there might be like one other car that was waiting or like the second that car shows up, then the yep. light turns red and they get to go right away. Yep. And then you're stuck there for another minute with an empty intersection that's not being used. Yep. You know, if it was really busy and there was cars that needed to come from another way, you know, I could maybe maybe see a case for that. But it's like this, and and I'm not the only one, you know, in line there in the red, the red light, there's all these cars stacked up behind in yep. an empty intersection for like a long yes. time. There's another one too, the, the intersection right outside of the Walmart in Marion. And the, here's the thing that really gets me about not, this one. Not the one at 13, but the one uh, right. in front of the Walmart by the Casey's. Yes. Yes. Yeah, on, yep. yeah, yep, yep, yep. Here, here's the thing about this one that infuriates me. I mean, okay, the Collins <laughs> one, maybe that's bad luck and it's a busy intersection. I just happen to be hitting- I think we lost, I think we lost Shane. Sorry, bud. This is I'm, a really good go GNT. I'm enjoying it very thoroughly. So, this intersection, I always hit it late at night, right? Like if I'm if if we have dinner at mom's house and we come home, we're taking 13 and we hit this light, it'll be 10 o'clock at night. No one is around. Walmart is closed or just less populated. No one is around. No one like no one is going through the intersection crossways. Come up to this light, and there's I guarantee you. I know this is a conspiracy theory, but I I will go out and collect proof. There is a weight sensor in the road, 150 yards behind that light. And as soon as your car passes over that, it knows to trip the yellow light. Because what happens is it, this intersection is a glorified speed bump because you trip this sensor at 11 o'clock at night, no one else is around and you hit a red light and you're stuck there waiting at this red light in front of the Walmart and it's no one else is around. No one's coming from either way. No one's coming towards you. You're sitting at this red light and then there's a green arrow for no one. For no, yeah, and they have a weight sensor there that's supposed to be working to only use the green arrow when there's a there's, car there. I'm, I'm, I guarantee you there's a weight sensor further back in the road that can tell there's a car coming <laughs> so it knows we're going to stop this guy. We're going to fuck with this guy. And it was like the red light would last for like three minutes which sounds like not a lot of time but when you're oh, waiting that's an eternity. at a red light it's insanity i watched yeah. the clock on my on my car dash one time and i was like there's no way i'm waiting here for this long 
All right, dude. So traffic traffic circles drive us bonkers. The uh, the nemesis lights drive us bonkers. I gotta know. I, I've I've coined one term that I think I, I think we we've, we've thought of. It's not necessarily that original, but it, we call it the CR swoop. And it's people who turn onto a two lane road where there's a left lane and a right lane going the same direction. And they let's say you're they turn right. You're supposed to turn into the right lane. Oh. Dude, everywhere in Cedar Rapids, and this is a huge pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Everybody swoops out to the uh, to the other lane, yeah. which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to go to the close lane and then and signal then over signal. If, if that's where you want to go. But most of the fucking time, people turn out into the far lane, and they're actually yeah. turning right then into somewhere else, so they have to like get back over. But it's like they don't know how to just like. I'll be honest. Sharp, I'm, sharply I'm guilty. Turn. I've been guilty of that before. Are you a CR swooper? I oh, have man. before. I, a lot of times I try not to, but hey guys, yeah. I'm back. I, I was gone for a little bit, but anyway, um, <laughs> I am not a swooper. Good, thank you, Shane. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna that's, leave that's, now again. That's good to hear. No, I, I will say though, uh, <laughs> this is the difference between me and you guys. When I see a red light, I'm like, oh, good, I can answer this text. Yeah, <laughs> oh, good, I can pick a new song. Yeah, uh, no. Nope. When you're in the car, the glass right. is half full. No, nope. <laughs> when when you're in the car and you're trying to go somewhere, there's any those types of things just slow that objective down yeah. for me. I, I don't. Yeah, if I need to text, I'll text when I get to where I'm going. I don't know. I, or maybe I, you know, maybe, it just doesn't get to me. I don't see. I don't I, understand because Shane, I know you to be somebody who's who's pretty punctual. Like if you say you're going to be at a place on time, you're usually there right when you say. I'm also that way. I I hate being really late to things. Um, I, I like to be on time. And so I usually plan my routes out with a little extra time uh, for that specific purpose. And so like, if I'm stuck at this stupid light over and over again, I'm like, I could be getting there so much more efficiently. I don't know. I just, I Hey, I, I get it. Everyone's yeah. different. Seriously. I mean, the, the whole road rage thing, I get it. I get really angry when I'm driving and I'll send you guys yeah. this video. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm just narrating. I want to see it last night. I want to see it, dude. Cause I've, I've wanted to do that. I've, I never have pulled out my phone to actually record it, but it's like, well, every there's, time... a little, there, there's a little bit of a debate around or a controversy around that too, because it's like, you know, anytime you see a video that somebody has shot in their car while they're driving, it's like, should you really be using your phone while you're driving, dude? <laughs> so, like, I've been nah, kind of nervous that. about posting it anywhere, but, like, I mean, you know, how hard is it to hold your phone? No, it's not like you're texting or, you know, I mean. Yeah, I'm just holding it up. But, yeah. so, uh, there was another one. I did this one other time, uh, and it was the, the uh, intersection when you're exiting 380 to get onto Collins. If you're coming northbound on 380, and you take the little ramp and then you go down the road and then there's that intersection outside of McGrath um, on yep, I got Center you. Point Road. Yep. On Center Point Road there, right? Yeah. Where it kind of dips down before it goes back up onto Collins. I would, I would miss that light every single time I would go into work every morning. And so finally one day I was like, I got out my phone and I started filming. And I was like, I don't know what it is, but every time I miss this light and the whole time I'm rolling up to the intersection, it's green. And I was like, I bet you this is going to turn. And sure enough, like just right before you get to the point where you can pass through on the yellow, it's like, boom, yellow. And then I was like, oh, and then you got to like slam on your brakes. Yeah. 
I hate it. It's just, is that it, one of those uh, radar ones? It is. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the one on Centerpoint uh, Road is has a has a camera on it, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I just but I don't know that whole intersection, and not to keep griping about traffic here. And I love it, not, dude. I could do a whole episode that, on traffic. that whole area on the 380. I don't know system between 42nd Street where you're at, Shane. Um, I'm just really revealing to everybody i just, just got back what did you just say i got just yeah <laughs> just, he just got doxxed but over 42nd street and 380 all the way up to uh blair's ferry that whole section of 380 with the entrances and exits is so confusing not practical mm-hmm. and all the lights are, are working against you it's an awful place i avoid it at all costs and i'm sorry for anybody who has to go through there regularly on 380 well, no, it has to either get on or off 380 in those areas. Because, for instance, if you're coming from the north, so I live on the north side. So I live off, not far off from where the uh, county home road exit is, north okay. of town. So if I'm coming into town, and let's say I want to go visit you, Shane, I have to, which we've now revealed is 42nd Street or off of 42nd. <laughs> but so, so I get off 380. Leave, leave in the comments where you live, everybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. Get, what is the, social security number right the exact up address? But I have to get off 380 way back up on Blair's Ferry, which if you're new to the area, mm. you wouldn't have any idea about. But like you have to get off on Blair's Ferry, stop at that light, yep. go across Blair's Ferry. And now you're on this little side purgatory fucking thing. That's not 380, but it's not like a road either. It's just it, like this yeah, ramp. You're right. You're right. That's a weird And then there's, a, there's another like three lights before I even get to your fucking street. Yep. And it's like, I'm trying to take the interstate, man. I don't. Yeah, but yeah. Maybe two more. Okay. There are three total though. If you take the Blair's ferry. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. But you had already gone through that light. I just don't want you to stretch the truth, but you get stopped at all three of them <laughs> I like, though. I like interstate purgatory. That's a good one. <laughs> it yeah, is, man. Though. It it's honestly not, yeah. serves no yep. purpose. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. They, why not just have a fucking exit off of 380 at 42nd street, like every other normal city on the planet. Yeah. But anyway. I see a new podcast coming out. <laughs> yeah. Cedar Mike and Gigi talk road rage. Cedar Rapids, like civil engineering failures. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I will, we'll release it after I finish building this house because I'm sure whoever's inspecting this place is probably also involved. Have you guys with, had any uh, more progress on the house in the past couple of weeks or has it just been too cold? And yeah. Shady? We've, we've gained about a foot of snow in the basement. Oh, um, that's true. Nice. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. We're probably not releasing this video, but I'm like looking out at it, but, um, no, it's, uh, yeah, we're kind of in a downtime here. So, um, once the snow melts, uh, we'll be back at it. We're just planning out where all the windows and doors are going to go and kind of finalizing our floor plan, uh, which, you know, we have already kind of figured out, but there's little things we can still kind of nudge different walls around and stuff. And the basement, we, I, we, I think I talked about the last podcast, but we poured half of the basement floor with concrete. So, and then we were able to, to frame everything, the, the outer wall and insulate it. And uh, that's going to be like the studio area. So mm. it's kind of cool to go down there now and be like, all right, this is going to have some like carpet and you know, the ceiling is going to be here. And that's when yeah, we'll start our new band. Sure. Let's do it, man. We have we, to, we absolutely have to well, dude, we'll, come we'll on. do we, something we've tried before. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of part of the reason I wanted to take up drums too. Cause all the good drummers in this town no, are no, no, taken. No. I'll, I'll be playing drums. Okay. Shane will be playing guitar and you'll play bass and sing. Yeah. Oh, man. Bass is like the one instrument 
man, I just can't do it. And it's, I don't know. I know it's, I mean, I'm sure I can like, but it's, it's, I just have no interest in I, the closest I got. Um, I went to go see stone temple pilots and saw, um, was it Robert DeLeo, right? The bass player. Yeah. And, um, I forget who I was even talking to one friend of mine. It was like, dude, when you go see them, like just watch him play bass. And, uh, it was one of Scott, it was at, um, laser fest, I think. Oh, eight, maybe 2008. Uh, so Scott was still alive and it was, you know, it was the original lineup and it was a really cool, um, experience, but the back to the bass part of it is like, after watching him play, I literally went out to guitar center the next day and bought a Schecter four string bass. So I, I still have it. It's, it's in storage now, but, but you probably I, picked I, it back up when you saw me play and started playing it again, man. That's when I picked it back up. Yeah. <laughs> so Shane, you are a fantastic bass player and I, it, there, there's a lot more to it. It's, it's not, you know, I think, I think some people that, I don't know, maybe talk shit about, Oh, well, bass is the easiest instrument. It's absolutely not. Um, and it's a critical part of the rhythm section. And, you know, there's all these, you know, it, I'm not a good bass player and I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't quite get it. I couldn't get my tone figured out. I couldn't get, you know, I, any guitarist can play bass to some degree. And well, I, that's I, the, that's the myth. I don't agree with that. To I, some, think I it, said to some degree. Yeah. Like they can, can do all the, li- all the riffs and stuff, but you, yeah. you gotta be able to play a bass. Like, I mean, right. And so I'm that guy. I can, I can do the guitarist portion of it. I can play it like a guitar cause it is a, a guitar sort of, but there's more to it than that. And I don't right. have that. I don't have that more. And I, I'm sure I could, if I really, I guess, put my mind to it and practiced a lot, I could get there, but I, I just, it was never something that, that, uh, I don't know that appealed to me or that, that I was a road I wanted to go down. I love Which, playing bass. Honestly, yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely more a guitar player, but like I started out on bass first and you can tell, dude, you can tell you're a bass player and not just a guitar player faking it. If, if you watch that Beatles documentary, I'm just saying McCartney is one of the all-time greatest bass players. And that was that was the inspiration to me to pick it up first because his bass lines were not, I mean, because if you just picture in your head, and I'm I'm sorry, Shane, if this is offensive to you, but most people I feel like picture the bass as the guy in the back who's just kind of playing what the guitar player does in sync with the drums. Yeah, that's and the most that's the worst misconception. And it's exactly a common it is, misconception. It is a misconception. So why would I be offended yeah. by that? Well, I don't because you're a bass player. I mean, I I don't want to simplify it down to that very, very simple term. But I will say that even in that context, even when you're not doing some kind of counter melody with the bass, even if you are just following the guitars, I think that a bass player actually has one of the hardest jobs in the band because not only do you have to be proficient in fretting and strumming or, you know, picking, plucking, whatever you do. But you also have to have a really, really great sense of rhythm and timing because the bass player is almost like a secondary percussionist. And if you're not locked in real tight with that drummer, it's you you don't have that tightness in the band. And so you really have to pay attention to like what the kick drum is doing and the snare and all that. And like, it's that's something I think every I think every musician can can hear that. But it's something that even non-musicians hear and maybe aren't able to to quantify it as all oh, the bass player and the drummer weren't locked in. Right. But I, I know for sure non-musicians who will go see a band that isn't tight and they'll say, oh, I didn't really, they sounded okay, but there was something not quite right with their sound or yep. I didn't really care for that band or, you know, whatever the, this, the way that they played live wasn't that great. 
and that's a that's a huge part of it and yep. and that's a huge responsibility that is they're they are the unsung heroes of of the band because everyone absolutely everyone pays attention to the front man to say, you know and it, you know yep. i guess that's a lucky break if they're the front man is the bass player but which happens sometimes but if the front man isn't the bass player he goes very much an unsung hero you know everyone's looking at the front man everyone's looking at the guitarist even the drummer you know it gets yep. a lot of love usually and the bass player tends to be kind of the one that doesn't get the the attention and and um that's, That's why I grew the dreadlocks. Right. Yeah. I was going to say Shane, Shane went out and Shane's, got the attention. <laughs> Shane, yeah, you're, you're the exception to the rule for sure, man. And that's, you know, but, but we're just but, saying I mean, that's in general. also honestly, not just because of my stage approach, but even the guys that I follow like Doug and stuff, you know, it's all about the tone for me. So okay. I got to ask you this. Why, why did you decide to become a bass player? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Um, was there like one band that really inspired you or did you no. just gravitate towards that more no, than No, I guitar? don't have an exciting answer to that. I think um, my first band or the first band that I actually went anywhere with, um, my best friend was a guitar player. And so I just, I think someone gave me a bass amp. And so I just, and someone gave me a bass too. So I just started playing and I, I played acoustic guitar my whole life. So I, I learned guitar when I was in second grade. Okay. played acoustic guitar all the way up until I was probably, and I played keyboard in one band. So I played piano and guitar growing up. And then when I got uh, 19, I think, 18 or 19, I picked up the bass. So, so I was an acoustic guitar player first, keyboard. But and it, I also it, sounds played drums like you, it sounds like you started playing bass as kind of a necessity to play with your friend, right? I think so. I think so. So was there ever... I mean, once you started playing bass, was there a moment like, was there one particular band or one particular bass player that you listened to and realized it's like, holy shit, this is awesome? Or were you always just kind of like happy in that role? Well, that's that's why I always bring up Doug because I feel like that's where I've learned my bass okay. playing is because even if you listen to him now in interviews, he's not one of those bass players that has all these crazy licks. He just mm -hmm. drives and holds notes longer and knows knows where to just, and almost the way that you, when you, you don't just pluck the string, you actually like your, your finger grabs a hold of the string and then let's go at a certain time. Cause it feels yep. that kick, you yeah. know? Yep. And I think that that's, I learned a lot of that all from Doug. And so I would say it would be Doug Pinnock. I mean, I started listening to Doug right when I was starting to play bass, probably a year or two after. Okay. King's that's X awesome. out of the silent planet. So he's definitely been my inspiration. Did you ever play in a band in a role other than bass? Did you ever play guitar in any bands? Uh, no, I was a, a lead singer in a band for like three or four years called like Terrace lead Field. singer, no bass or yep. anything. Just yeah, it was vocals. very like Alice in Chains ish kind of nice. And I just sang lead singer cool. for one of my bigger bands, not bigger, like famous, but one of my landmark bands that I was in. I've been in like five of them, you know. So one of those was just me on lead vocals with Sebastian Bacher. And that's do you awesome, miss doing dude. that or do you like playing? Do you like playing, um, having an instrument more? Honestly, the thing about being a lead singer, which I enjoyed it, but it was so much stress because we were playing clubs and stuff. And I wouldn't know if I'd have a voice certain nights because you're doing, you know, four, four hour sets or whatever. Yeah. And I'm also singing way out of my range. I'm singing just really high shit, a lot of rasp. Which you can I go mean, pretty high though. Well, yeah, and but if I could... also, but if I'm singing that way for four hours straight, I can't. Yeah. 
And so that's why even with Black to Sun, I would switch off with Les. He'd do songs, I'd do songs. Same with Strays. I never yeah. was, since that time, I've never been just a solid lead singer. And my first band, I was lead singer bass. And then my second band, I was just lead singer. And I, I hit a wall. I had like two shows coming up and I had no voice and we had to show up and we had to fill four hours with me not having a voice wow. and it scared the fucking shit out of me. And I remember just being so depressed and finally I just had to back out. And so I decided from then on, I was going to be a bass player only and do just do really good background vocals. So I can still meet that need of singing that I enjoy doing. I really enjoy background vocals. I love blending with the lead singer. It's really fun. Yeah. So you're very good at it. And I think he, I was going to bring up those two bands you mentioned, uh, uh, Black the Sun and uh, Strays, and then also All But Screaming. But where you, you might say you're a backup singer, but like you really had kind of a lead singing role shared with other lead singers in those bands where, um, you know, maybe you're singing a harmony with Les or whatever, but like there's a lot of presence coming from both of you guys that I think goes beyond. Um, I think just to call you a backup singing role on that would, would really be selling it pretty short. I appreciate that. Um, and honestly, my influence for background vocals was never from those bands that you don't really, can't really isolate the background vocals. It was always those bands that you basically, it's the lead singer and, the, and then the, you know, the Richie Sambora is right there or the, right. or the, you know. Well, Alice in Chains is kind of that way, right? exactly oh, huge yeah king's x is that Jerry way a lot Cantrell of the and and uh lane calling? staley lane yeah staley, so all yeah, but screaming was that way we had three parts and it was always just right there so right that's what there. i really enjoy that's why i'm pretty loud in fresh fighters even just because i love you know adding yeah. that to it but yeah yeah good question what about good, you, Mike? Did you ever question. do backing vocals in, in either no, of your bands? No, I, I didn't. I, you know, I actually didn't sing. I didn't, I've always, I have a decent voice, but it's it's kind of in a very low range, a limited range. I've pushed it up a little bit, I guess, over the years, but. I think you could get it higher than you think. Because I always yeah, used to think I had a really low singing range. And then yeah. I started like working on pushing it up higher and you right. I, i'll bet you could get pretty high with it so i i think i have a really good ear and a mm. okay and an okay voice and so i can hear all the imperfections of what i'm doing and it kills my confidence right away and i've mm. never really pushed through i've never taken vocal lessons or anything in, right. in the bands i was in i never sang um in fact i think i sang more live with you guys when i filled in for for uh, jake's spot <laughs> in the fresh fighters i think i sang like fun, two sure, songs yeah. had a blast but during those times, though, or in the middle between when I was in my last band years ago and um, this Fresh Fighters thing last last year, I was I did karaoke for a number of years and I, I hosted karaoke shows and stuff. And um, that gave me a little bit of confidence in my singing voice. There's a few karaoke songs that I can do OK at. I mean, some of them are kind of goofy and some of them are maybe a little more, you know, singing. I'm out of face. Yeah. Yeah. Natalie and Bruglia torn. Definitely. <laughs> uh, it just built that one out, but no, doing those, actually, that was a, a huge uh, win for me through those years of, of, of uh, being involved in karaoke, because it, it did help me sort of build a little bit of confidence in, in singing. And I, if I were to get back into, well, when I do get back into music, playing music live and doing some kind of band thing in the future, um, I would like to take a, a backup singing role. I think there's a, a small range where my voice sounds good. 
and there's a larger range that I can handle as a, as a backup vocalist only. I don't think I really have the, uh, the, the right stuff for, uh, to, to be a lead singer, but I enjoy it. And I just, I, dude, I just love music. I love playing. I love being on stage. Um, I love j that sort of gelling, uh, with a band that sort of, uh, camaraderie sort of team sort of aspect of it gang sort of aspect almost where you're, you're really kind of, ha you know, on stage trying to accomplish this goal of, of, uh, winning the crowd over and having them like you. And that's, mm -hmm. um, when it works well, it's, it's like a drug that is the most addictive thing on earth. And it's true. I know we all three at some point in our lives have felt that. And we just, you know, it's, it's one of those really cool things. Once you have it, you just kind of always want to go back there and I miss it like crazy now. So, well, someday. you know, you're, you're building your studio. So I am once, once you got the carpet laid, dude. Yeah. I've already got a name for the band. Uh oh, let's hear it. You ready for this? Yeah, I think so. All right. The Knights in White Satin. <laughs> I thought that was just you, though. Oh, I already used that one. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, your, yeah. that's your the solo Knights, artist. The Knights in White Satin. Well, I mean, it could be a band, too. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Is it is it Knights K-N-I-G-H-T? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's like actual medieval knight. Yes. Not like they're, the and they're all, wearing, they're all wearing white satin. Yeah. The Knights, plural, yeah. though, describing the one person. I love it. Yes. Well, that's my name <laughs> that I'm going by. Also, <laughs> yeah. it'll be a solo band. <laughs> no, we've we've got a few we've got a few working names. I don't even want to, you know, Jeej and I. We've talked over dinner at one time. You had a few just bangers of band names. Well, mine was um, "Thank You, We Are Good Night." Yeah. yeah, right, 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 right. So yeah. it's at the end at the end of your show, you say "Thank You, We Are." Thank You, We Are. Good night, good night. Yeah. And that's and then, that's maybe the most brilliant thing I think I've ever heard. It's it's really not that brilliant. I'm I think you might. I'm be still trying to understand it, honestly. <laughs> I mean, every time I I listen to him say it, and I slow it down in my mind as you're explaining it, and still when you say the last good night, I'm lost. That's the whole thing. That's the brilliance of it. Shane, I know is that I it's know. hard. Well, it's here, hard here, to, here it is. Yeah. At the end of every show, you say thank you. We are band. Thank name. you. Good night. Okay. But the band name is thank you. We are good night. So you can think of it of the. Like a Russian doll, like kind of like bookends, bookends or something. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Yeah. Thank you. We are. Thank you. We are. Good night. Good night. I just, thank, I thank it, you. It, it thank kills you, me, Jeremy. It kills me every that. time I hear that though. Just picturing like the one like really drunk or stoned dude in the crowd. It's like, what did he just say? And it just, <laughs> I, I just die laughing every time I think about that. Did you just yeah. was that your Kirk Hammett impression right there? No, no, Kirk's voice is way higher. <laughs> But it is that same sort uh, of. Uh, what, what did you? Yeah, say? He, he I, has, I just sound, went into Kermit the Frog. He has kind of like a high squeaky voice enough to be Kirk. Hammett. Yeah, <laughs> Kirk does sound really clueless, and he's he's not though. I don't think he just he does sound kind of kind of clueless. I, I'll give you I'll give you that. <laughs> but sorry, Kirk, if you're listening to the Groove Life podcast based in what? Cedar Rapids, hey, Iowa, hey, by the Kirk, come on out. Yeah, we got him. We got him. <laughs> come on out. We got him. It's like I love you, man, but you do sound kind of clueless sometimes. So listen, we probably should wrap this up. Um, I did want to say, and you guys can interject whatever you want, but uh, we're probably going to try and do this again, probably via Zoom, hopefully from Shipwrecked, which is Mike's. Well, uh, hold Sarah, on. Our, hopefully it's not well, on Shipwrecked. I don't want to be on any kind of thing called okay, Shipwrecked. Shiprocked. Sorry. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might be wrecked though. Cause he'd be yeah, drinking well, uh, maybe, yeah. 
But anyway, yeah. we might try and zoom off of uh, Ship Rocked. Um, Ship Rocked, Ship Rocked. doesn't yeah. matter. Anyway. Ship Rocked. So if we get all the, you know, the stars aligned and we get all the technical stuff worked out, we will probably try and do another one. And then hopefully we'll be back in LAS studio in February. So that's, yes. that's our goal. Thank you guys for bearing with our little uh, hiccups here and there. But uh, do you guys have anything you want to say as we head out? Cedar Rapids, fix your damn traffic lights. <laughs> and Marion. <laughs> and the Marion. whole area here. Yeah. yeah. Come on, guys. Get it together. Figure it out. Yeah. But no, it's guys be safe out there. You know, this, this COVID shit is real, but thankfully, you know, this variant out there is uh, not quite so bad. I mean, my wife and I just went through it. It wasn't the end of the world for us. And if most people, especially if you're vaccinated and everything, it's not a big deal, but um, still be safe out there. Be considerate to one another. Be good to one another. Don't be an asshole. That's be the bumper. That's the bumper sticker. <laughs> I knew that was don't, fun. don't be an asshole. That's it. But yeah. uh, let's get through all this crap together and um, hopefully come out the other side stronger, happier, and ready to rage. Amen. That's our, that's our, that's my mantra anyway. I don't know. For sure. I'll, I'll subscribe to that. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, let's make this year good. And I think it, it means you have to take care of yourself. You have to, you know, eat good food, uh, love people, take care of your, uh, your mental health too. You know, if you need to get some counseling or whatever, there's nothing to be ashamed of to get counseling. Uh, just take care of yourself, everybody. Let's make Absolutely. this your count. And uh, we're here to hopefully cheer you on with uh, the Groove Life podcast. So we'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Welcome to the The LAS Podcast Network is the premier independent community development platform working with local creators to produce podcasts and content by the community for the community. To learn more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS.